Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Romans chapter 15, turn there if you would. We have notes for you. I'm preaching from paper for the first time in, I think, eight years. Because my iPad has given up the ghost. All right, here we go. If you're all there, say amen. All right, well, I'm not there yet. They're still passing out notes, and uh, we'd encourage you to fill those in as we move along. I'm going to read from the New International Version. Again, Romans. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans uh, 15. Are you ready? Go down to verse 13 as we continue in a series called Come Holy Spirit. Verse 13 through 19. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with the knowledge and competent to instruct one another. Yet I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again because of the grace of God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done by the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. I want to read verse 19 together. Are you ready? Let's go. By the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God, so from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your principles that we will learn tonight about being a spirit-filled church. I pray, oh God, move in power. May we never be the same. Truly, may this take place. May there be signs and wonders, mighty healings and breakthrough, even tonight, in the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated, we do have notes for you. You think about what caused the first century church to be so successful, to be so fruitful. As a pastor uh, in this modern age, we have many, many tools. There are more resources now to learn how to reach people, grow churches, make disciples. I mean, it's dizzying the amount of information 
uh, to, to learn how to be more effective. But I'll never forget being at a, a particular conference, which I won't name. And I mean, I was sitting with Dr. Morocco. I had just gotten over COVID about three weeks before that, still feeling a little tired sitting next to Dr. Morocco and the incredible strategy and plans they had. I mean, like, I sat there, I almost started getting, like, overwhelmed uh, in, my, in my mind because such, it, like, administrative acumen, I chose that word on purpose. I'm talking, like, incredible administrative techniques and strategies and plans and all kinds of stuff. And I'm thinking, there is no way I'll be able to get all that. Thank God for Pastor Kirsten. Hallelujah. Thank God for my wife. Thank God for a team that can administrate. And then I, I just sat back in my chair and I looked over at Dr. Morocco. I said, well, what do you think? He said, it's the Holy Ghost that gives you great fruitfulness. These things are great, but if you don't have the Holy Ghost... Could forget it. I thought, yes, I could do that. I could do the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I got so encouraged. I thought, Holy Ghost, it's yes, yes. May I go deeper and deeper? May we all go deeper and deeper in the things of God. It's fascinating. In the early church, what made them so fruitful was the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. And now. I'm all for lights. I'm all for the... We have, we have them. You should see the lights that are going in. Woo! Amazing. But if you have lights to try to simulate... Somebody said, I don't believe in lights. Well, stained glass. Do you believe in stained glass? Oh, religious one. Because stained glass was created to have lights come across. You go study on stained glass. To have different colors come across, actually, the ones that are really planned out at different times of the year, at different parts of the service, to bring an atmosphere, stained glass. How many of you ever heard of stained glass? How many of you are here? Raise your other hand. How many of you are going to come in a little bit later? <laughs> they had stained glass so that you would see this incredible beauty. When we were in Turkey on our last time we went there, I think it was, gosh, it was six years ago or something. The light comes through these windows and it brings this incredible environment. It's beautiful. Do you know that heaven is filled with light? Did you know that? Amen. Emerald sardius. You look at the, do a study on the gemstones that are in scripture and at the throne. I mean, amazing, beautiful. I was driving to church and seeing the, the, the clouds were at a certain level. The ceiling was at a certain level. It was all blue sky just below. And the, and the light was just coming under those clouds. At a certain angle, I thought, winter's here. And isn't that beautiful? We'll have the lights. We'll have all of that. But if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't simulate the Holy Spirit. I think if you have the Holy Spirit, it's okay to have some lights and things too. How did, how did the first century church do so much in so little time, reach so many people in such a way that we're standing here in the furthermost parts of the world, which clearly Alaska is. From Jerusalem, we are the furthest parts of the world. How did that happen? Well, the answer simply is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. 
You look at Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, the time of prayer. They see a man lame, and they've released the power of God upon him without going into details. And he's healed, and, and thousands of people come to the knowledge of Christ, and they get, they get persecuted for it. And they're told no longer to preach in his name. They saw the boldness of Peter and his company and then took note that they had been with Jesus. I love that scripture. It acts, they're, they're, they were simple, ignorant fishermen. They took note of their boldness and that they had been with Jesus. You know, the key is not getting a seminary education. Sometimes a seminary is really a cemetery. And I'm, I am in process of uh, going through to get my master's, and, and I think it's great. It's amazing. But if you have all the degrees and all of that, but you have no fire, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pastors and, and professors and people that can exegete the word and, and just amazing scholars, no fire, no, no, no miracles. That's, that's not what we're exhorted to in this text specifically. Paul says, by the power of the Spirit of God. By the power of what? The Spirit of God. So I'm, I'm, we're going to have the programs. We're going to do this stuff, but it's going to be infused with the fire of the Holy Ghost. It's going to be infused. We're going we're to take all of those things as God directs us, and it's going to have fire. It's going to have power. It's going to have signs and wonders and miracles. Can you say a better amen? amen. Boldness. All of the gifts of the Spirit you enter into by a boldness. If you don't have boldness... That's what you got. Keep it. Cultivate it. Don't let anybody rob that from you. Don't be dumbed down and, you know, become some cute Christians. Cute, cute Christians don't get anybody delivered. We're our spirit-filled church. That's what we are. I've, I've entitled this message, The Spirit-Filled Church. I've preached on it at other times. This message is a little bit different, but we are a spirit-filled church. Come on, I want you to say, Kings is a spirit-filled church. Ready, set, go. Kings is a... Yeah, because that's different. Somebody said to me, well, what does that mean? And I explained it to them, and I'm going to explain it to you. Somebody said, well, what kind of church are you? We're, we're a spirit-filled church. You can say that we're a Pentecostal church. That would also be accurate, but sometimes Pentecostalism has been um, uh, gotten a bad rap, or maybe it's true in some circles. Many times there's... The display of the Spirit, but no grounding in the Word and no character. No character. You know, integrity, righteousness, truth, living holy. We, we, have, we have that too. We believe in that also. And we believe in the power of the Spirit of God. And we want, listen, we want the, I don't want to offend anybody, although the Word of God offends we are, we are not a church that is seeker-seeker-sensitive, although we try to, I mean, we've got nice chairs, you're sitting in them, amen? We've got 1,200 more of those over there in a container, we'll be putting them in, amen? Praise God for the memory foam underneath, <laughs> underneath you right now, amen? I've sat, I've sat on wood chairs, I've, the, the plastic ones are not my favorite. You can like rearrange. You feel like you're getting a chiropractic adjustment, you know, because it's so stiff. Thank God for thank God for heat right now. And and I try to be sensitive to time. Also, I'm not going to preach till ten o'clock. Why not? Well, for one thing, I'm getting up at like five. I don't know what time you got to get up. We're going to have revival within this period. There'll be services. You know what? 
Lord, if you want to go long, then I, I t- let me take that back. Let, let me just let me let me retract that. Because there are times if he sweeps in here and starts laying hands on people himself, I'm not, I'm not responsible for the time. If you've got to go home at a certain time, feel free to let yourself out. But I'm, I won't be stopping if he shows up like that. Okay, that's part of being a spirit-sensitive church. But at the same time, learning to pasture and revival and keep... There, there's, y'all, most of you have a job. If you don't, you need to get one, unless you're handicapped. If you don't have a job, then you shouldn't be eating. Amen? Don't, don't be a holy hobo. Some people are handicapped. We pray that you'd be healed. I understand there's reasons for not having a job. But we're, we're trying to be sensitive to the needs of people, but that's not our highest priority. Our highest priority is letting, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because if he can touch you, then your life will forever be changed. There's nothing really that I can do in and of my own natural talent or ability to bring you into breakthrough, to bring you into miracle power, to see your life transformed. But oh, if God would use these lips of clay, and he has done it, as surprising it is to me and many others, he's done it many times before. I trust he's going to do it again, that he's going to flow through me. He's going to flow through others. He's going to use you. He's going to use me. And that your life will be different because of the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, by the way, I say Holy Ghost occasionally because it just irritates religious people. So I, I throw that in. And a particular denomination said, now pastors don't use the word Holy Ghost anymore. See, that's the problem. You're saying Holy Ghost. We're, you're saying the word Holy Ghost. That's his name. The Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. It's not an it. It's not a dove. It's not a thing. It's here. Who's it? It. Cousin it from the Adams family. Is cousin it here? No. It's a, Jesus, help me right now. It's not an it. Everybody say the Holy Spirit is not an it. And he sure is not a dove, although he's pictured by that, but he's pictured by oil either. Uh, also, I should say. All right. What was the core of the Apostle Paul's ministry? Simply, it was the dependence upon the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to think, and we believe and hope and pray, that the core of this church, the core of King's Cathedral and chapels around the world, the core of it is the power of the Holy Spirit. We are a spirit-sensitive church, a spirit-filled church, and I'll define that a little bit. Let's look at this text. Holy Spirit is mentioned in the text three different times. Verse 13. Verse 13, which reads, May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so they may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope is a product of the Holy Spirit. You know, if you don't have hope, if you lose hope, you are in deep kimchi. Kimchi is a Korean food and it's really spicy and you don't want to be in any deep kimchi. It's bad, would be bad. If you lose hope, it's over. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. If you lose hope, you have a problem. If you're out of hope, you have a problem. But the Holy Spirit will give you hope. Evidence of things hoped for, faith. The Holy Spirit gives hope. Come on, what are you, what are you hoping for? We had two precious sisters up front, and they're, they're hoping that their third sister has a radical encounter with God. And I know that that's going to happen. They have a hope. 
We have a hope that we're going to move into our building. We've had a hope that we'd build a building. It's built. We don't have to pray for that anymore. It's there. We have a hope we'll get our certificate of occupancy. Okay. Faith is what you do on your way to your hope. Somebody's going to get something tonight. Faith, confidence, assurance of, what things that, of, of things that are hoped for. So if I have a hope that I'll be able to go over there and sit down in one of those chairs, isn't that a, this is very profound. It is. So I said it. I'm all the way over here. He's figuring. He's coming. So what has now begun to happen? Just, just watch this. What, what did he just do? I don't know. I'm sitting in the back. Well, okay, well, I'm going to tell you. He started moving his cups, and he picked up his bag, and he's moving stuff, and he's making room for, for me to come on over and sit next to you, aren't you? Just because I said it. That is exactly the way faith is. Now, he knows that if I said that, I looked over, and I, there's only one seat. Well, there's another one over there that's pretty crowded. That, that's probably the seat I'm going for. You're right. So I have a hope. I'm going to come and sit next to you. Faith. Faith takes action. And you be, I'm beginning to move towards my hope. I've spoken it and begins to, the mountain, the cups got moved, the bag is moved. As I come closer, I can tell my little sister's making room for me. Look at that. And I'm coming all the way over here and I'm going to sit right here. Faith. I hoped I would sit in the chair. I made a de declaration and, the, and God started taking care of things. He just touched your heart to move it. That is absolutely how miracles happen. And faith is the action I took. Faith is action on God's word. The Holy Spirit, is, is anybody getting this? The Holy Spirit gives you a hope in your heart that you'll be able to build a dream center in Alaska one day. You sell everything and you sell out and Come up here and God begins to move. The coffee cups begin to get rearranged and gives you a property and gives you a plan. God bless you guys. I heard some of the, the, the sacrifices you made to, to start the Dream Center. When I heard them, I said, oh, that, that's the real thing right there. You can always tell when somebody's willing to just give it all, do whatever they got to do. You can always tell when somebody's willing to do that. Listen, any, any dream from God requires everything you've got. And if he asks you for all of it, then it all belongs to him. And you just willingly give it. And then what God will do is he'll make a way for you. Some of you, got a, you got like plan B. You got like a, a, a fire escape back door if it doesn't work out. You know what we've had building this building? Somebody said, what was your fire escape? No, no, we're dead, mate. If it didn't happen, we're dead. I know I didn't tell you that, but I'm just telling you now. Because it has happened. So what do you mean? We were so totally committed that if, if it felt, if something fell through and it didn't come to pass, we would no longer be a church. Do you understand what I'm telling you? You obviously don't, so I'm laughing. I'm gonna have my own praise break right now. Woohoo! Yeah! And we're not so, you know, you gotta be careful sometimes as a leader sharing things because people will freak out and just jump. Better run, they're going down. What you don't realize is we were going down five times and, and God caused us to walk on the water and raise us from the dead over and 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 over. The Holy Spirit brings hope. 
We've had this hope, it's come to fruition. That is the way it is. I hope I didn't freak any of you out, I'm just telling you. We've done something that's totally impossible. And so I had an uh, uh, incredible man of God say to me, um, churches your size can't build a building that big. I said, no, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. And now, and honestly, it's fascinating that it's taken as long as it has because churches our size now do, but back then they didn't. I just knew where the Holy Spirit was bringing us to, and we jumped. And he caught us, and he's been catching us and will catch us as long as we continue to move forward and trust and obey him. Look at verse 16. Hope is a product of the Holy Spirit. Don't ever lose your hope. Always keep your hope. Keep, keep it before you. What's God going to do? What are you believing God's going to do? What is it? And you ought to be able to articulate it. I'm coming over there to sit in that chair. All right. Look at verse 16. Look at verse 16 with me. To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, he gave me the priestly duty. I love that. The priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel. What is gospel? Gospel means good news. Gospel of God, the good news of God. What's the good news of God? That Jesus Christ took your sin, took my sin, hung on a cruel Roman cross for six hours one Friday, happens to be Passover in fulfillment of the sacrificial system, and was buried. At, on the third day, even like Jonah was in the belly of the whale, a type and a shadow, he got up on the third day. Why? Because you can't keep a good man down. And God was fulfilling every prophetic promise to those who would put their trust in him would never taste death. Where, O oh, death, is thy sting, but would be raised to life in newness of life. Nicodemus coming at night, a religious leader afraid to come to Jesus during the daytime, asked Jesus, says, we know you're a teacher, come from God. And Jesus says, you must be born again. It is amazing. That's the gospel, simple gospel. You're separated from God because of sin. God loves you, sent his son to pay for your sin. Repent of your sin, receive his son, be born again. That is the gospel. And what happens is you're made new. And, and you'll know it. Now, if that hasn't happened to you, by the end of tonight's service, we'll remedy that. But you must be born again. And then verse 16, so he's the priestly duty of doing what I just did. I just proclaimed the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the good news of God to you, so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that sanctifies you. Let me read to you uh, something. This is our Belong Class book, and in it, uh, right in the middle, is the 16 fundamental truths, 16, pardon me, 16 foundational truths of the Assemblies of God. We are doctrinally an Assembly of God church. If you want to get technical, we're a parent-affiliated church, so even though we're in Alaska, we actually belong to the Hawaii district, and uh, however... The Assemblies of God doesn't own any of our properties. They don't uh, make mandates or dictates about who pastors here. Nobody can, you know, pull me out of here except Dr. Morocco, the board, I suppose. If there was a moral failure of a pastor, I didn't notice I didn't use my name because that ain't happening. I said that ain't happening. 
if there was a moral fa- failure of a pastor, then, then we would come and remove him. I'm not even putting, you don't notice, I, I don't even like saying that. If I, I'm not, there is no if for me, I'm not doing it. I set it up. I set it up so that there, it couldn't get me. It can't get me. I'm accountable, man. How about you? Are you accountable? I'm going to finish my race. Oh, I'm a human being. Absolutely. Everyone's capable of falling, but if you set yourself up rightly. Where are we? Anyway, it's been a long day, and the Lord is great. Assembly of God. So we're a parent-affiliated church. And so Dr. Morocco on our board, and Sheree is on our board over there somewhere. Did I see Sheree? Sheree, do you want to sing tonight? Oh, no. Okay, I'm just teasing. She has got a great voice, and, and we're grateful for you serving on our board. And uh, we'll, have, we'll have two board members next year. You've served on our board, Brother Toby. And um, we had, we'll have two board members next year. It's all dependent upon how large the church gets. It's, it's representative form of government. So however many formal members we have, people that have gone through this, it's a covenant relationship, then that determines how many board members. Okay. I was going to say go to page, but you don't have this, do you? Uh, all right. So there's the foundational truths. And um, the scriptures are inspired, number one. Number two, the one true the one true God defines all that. And you can see this on our website. The deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, the fall of man. Number five, salvation of man. Number, number six, ordinance of the church. Number seven, baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Number eight, uh, pardon me. Number seven, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Number eight, evidence of baptism of the Holy Ghost. And uh, number nine, sanctification. You thought I was off on some tangent, but I'm not. The Holy Spirit brings sanctification. I thought I'd tell you what, our, what we believe sanctification is right here. And it is totally going to burn some grits and bacon all at the same time. Are you ready? Okay, good. Now we... Somebody said, well, that's different than the one that's in the Assemblies of God one. Yes, it is. We uh, augmented it and um, updated it with help of our spirit-filled lawyers because there's so much nonsense out there, they can't even define what a woman is. We can. Amen. Praise God. All right. Sanctification is the act of separation from that which is evil and of dedication unto God. And then there's some scriptures. We're the same there. That's Romans 12, Hebrews 13, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. The scriptures teach that a life of holiness without which no man will see the Lord. That's what the scriptures teach. A life of holiness, because without that you're not going to see Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to obey the command, be holy for I'm holy, 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. Here it is. Sanctification in the believer by recognizing his identification with Christ in his death and resurrection and by faith. I taught you what faith is just a second ago. I'm going to live holy. That's my hope. Faith is what I do. I try to live holy. I endeavor to live holy. I pray and ask God to live holy. And the chair of holiness over there, I'd be sitting in it. Now, you're made holy 
Man, this is an unusual service tonight. You're made holy by imputed holiness or righteousness. That's not earned. You get actually God's righteousness when you receive Jesus. But then there's a sanctification process, which is living out that holiness. Did I lose you? Are you guys okay? Okay, that's a work of the Holy Spirit. And we're all being sanctified by faith. Can you say amen? Reckoning daily upon the fact of that union. In other words, I'm, my old man is dead. I'm alive in Christ. I'm declaring that. That is, I'm a new man. The old man is gone. All right, it goes on to say, and by offering every faculty continually to be under the dominion of the Holy Spirit. I know some of you missed that. Faculty. By declaring and reckoning and decreeing and making every effort that every part of my being would be under, as it says, the dominion of the Holy Spirit. Some of you don't do that. Some of you got double-mindedness and you're double-minded. You think like two, three different ways. You got like your church mind on right now, but you get out of here and you put on the, 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 uh, that, that music. And before you know it, you're like down the road. You're just feeding your flesh. One aspect of holiness is not doing what's evil. Let's all say that together. One aspect of holiness is not doing what's evil. Another aspect of holiness is seeing all human life as sacred and created by God in his image. The ramification of this truth is lived out in the following ways at King's Cathedral and Chapels. Human life is, is of inestimable worth in all its dimensions, including pre-born babies, the aged, physically or mentally challenged, and every other stage and condition from conception through natural death. Therefore, we're called to defend and protect the value of all human life. Psalm 139. Two, we believe that God wonderfully and immutably creates each person as male and female. This is Pastor Vince's fault. Pastor Vince said, you know, I think it'd be good if you defined male and female. I think some people getting confused. So this, this is all your fault right here. These two distinct complementary genders. There is no other gender but male and female, all right? No matter what they say. Just follow the science. Two, di two distinct complementary genders together reflect the image, of, the image and nature of God. Genesis 1, 26, 27. A rejection of one's biological sex is a rejection of the image of God within that person. These are off of our... This is, this is our, our theological truths here that we stand for at King's Cathedral and Chapels. And... and uh, Somebody said, you know, you need to be careful of the people that think that you hate them. No, we don't hate anybody. We don't hate anybody, but we're going to preach the truth and let the chips fall. And we will, if you're, let me say this, and I, I'm not, I will not crack a joke in the next 15 seconds. If you struggle with same-sex attraction, you struggle with your gender identity, and you've been fed that which comes off of the media and all over, all over, all over the, the nation and all over the world now, and you're struggling in that area, 
I will help you. We will help you. We have, we have systems in place. We have strategies to help you. Do not cave into that lie. You call the church. You don't have to tell the secretary what's going on and say, I just need some counseling. We will hook you up. We'll get you over into the, the bridge and we will help you go through and get set free from that lying spirit. You think you're, I'm tormented. I just need to give in it. You, listen, take it from me. I've seen so many lives of people that caved into that and then tried to argue in scripture to make it right in their conscience, but all along they know it's wrong. And you want to talk about torment? Talk to somebody who gave themselves over to that 10 years from now. They're super tormented and a torment that you can't even imagine. And may you never have that experience. You do not have to be tormented. You don't have to be confused. You can be set free. Come on, somebody say amen. That truly is who we are. I mean, these days, it's like, it's, it's crazy. Some parents, they have a, a daughter who likes playing sports and loves the color blue, and they want to make them a boy. It's insanity. I'm going to keep reading. If you're upset, Pastor Vince's number is 808-555-1212. You can call him. He'll help you out. That's 808 808- Okay. We believe the term marriage has only one meaning. Boy, we're getting after it tonight. The uniting of one man with one woman in a single exclusive union that is delineated in Scripture, Genesis 2, 18 to 25. California has got this whole poly thing now. I mean, they're coming up with terms and stuff that's like, if you're not paying attention every day, you just miss it. It is clearly like the days of Noah. We believe that God intends sexual intimacy to occur only between a man and a woman who are married to each other. So if that's happening, you're not married, change. Sure is quiet. We believe that God has commanded that no intimate sexual activity be in... Children's church is upstairs. Do I got that right? Is that right? Okay. We believe that God has commanded that no intimate sexual activity be engaged outside of marriage between a man and a woman and believe that any form of sexual immorality, including adultery... Do you know what that is? That's when you're married and then you go and have sex with somebody else. Fornication, that's when you're having sex with somebody else but you're not married. Homosexual behavior, bisexual conduct, bestiality, incest, and the use of pornography is sinful and offensive to God. Matthew 15, 1 Corinthians 6, 1 Timothy 1. We believe that in order to preserve the function and integrity of King's Cathedral and Chapels as a local body of Christ and to provide a biblical role model to the King's Cathedral and Chapel members and the community, it is imperative that all persons employed by King's Cathedral and Chapels in any capacity or who are formal members must hold to the biblical standard of holiness, which we define. I think we ought to put a hand clap together for God. All right, I took a minute to do that sanctification. That's our definition of sanctification. You say, well, I don't believe that. You can believe what you want to believe, and we welcome you to continue to come, uh, but we cannot 
have you as a formal member. So you won't be able to vote. I pray that you keep coming and your mind gets renewed and you get changed. Amen. Let's move on. Shall we? The Holy Spirit, right there in C. By the way, belong class. You want more of that goodness, just go to the belong class and we'll go through theology. It's tremendous. You can sign up at the next steps desk, the place where you take next steps. C, it is the Holy Spirit that released the signs and miracles. That's what Paul says. By mighty signs and wonders through the power of the Holy Spirit. All right. The early church believed that God's power was released through the Holy Spirit. And that's what we believe. The series that we've been doing, Come Holy Spirit, is been clear about that. Jesus, in his humanity, back in your notes, operated under the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, in his humanity, he's fully God, yet he's fully man. And that's a mystery, but, but true nonetheless. So he's fully God, he's fully man. He's not Satan's brother. Where did you get that? Uh, is that Mormons or Jehovah's Witness? I forget. They both got pretty jacked up theology. Mormons, thank you. Uh, again, Pastor Vince's number, 808-555-1212. So, uh, yeah. so that's, a, that's, a, that's a Mormon theology. And they have a whole extra book called the Book of Mormon. It should be burned. And what's also interesting is that if you read the, the last paragraph of the Book of Revelation, anyone who adds... To this book, God will add to him the curses. Anyone who takes away from this book, God will take away from his right to the tree of life. So what's interesting is that all those Christian cults, uh, all the founders, their lines, their lineage doesn't exist. So there are no more, you know, Joseph Smith Juniors. I mean, they might have the name, but it's not from the same bloodline. The bloodline's been removed from the earth. And you go and look at, oh, I don't know, Judge Rutherford and is it Charles Russell of the, uh, are, we, are we in trouble? Again, this is all Pastor Vince's fault. <laughs> I just think you should know. Somebody said, Pastor, when they come knocking on my door, can I, can I bring them in and talk to them? Not, I would not do that. And there's lots of scripture. You should not even eat or talk. He said, well, who's going to win them over? There are people that have skills that, uh, and maybe you want to learn how to do that, to learn how to argue. It's called apologetics, to learn how to argue your faith. What's so interesting with all of these groups, man, we're all over the place. What's interesting with all of these groups is that you, you nail them down on one issue and they will move to another one. And you nail it down on that issue, you won't even be able to nail it because they'll move to another, they'll just keep moving. They're trained, they literally have training to say when they hit you here, then you move to here, and then you go from there, and then you just bring so much theological confusion. And if you don't know how to rightly divide the word, which I pray that you do, I pray you get in a life group, I pray that you grow, I pray you're able to understand why you believe. Don't be a lazy Christian. We have all kinds of systems to help you get discipled. You're to grow in the knowledge of God. Join a life group. Get in a team. Read the word. Go to KSM. It's invigorating to learn the truth. Amazing. The Apostle Paul, at the end of his life, excuse me, at the end of his life, the Apostle Paul, open that for me, said, bring to me the scrolls. I mean, he's in prison. He's the end of his life. Why would he do that? 
because he wants to learn some more. Do you know in the millennial reign, you'll be, uh, you'll be learning still? Did you know that? Amen. So don't invite them into your house. I would say don't do that unless you have a, a, a special gift to be able to argue. I had a friend like that and um, he could just destroy their arguments. And the, the reason it got that way for him is because his brother was trapped as a Jehovah's Witness and he gave his life to studying that thing so well that he could win his brother back and he did. And his brother became a pastor. A powerful pastor and a close friend of mine. He just destroyed that. And so, you know, then he just would want them to come. Oh, God, send them here. Oh, God, send them. I'm going to get them all free. And, and they would come and he'd destroy them and they'd leave crying. And then we'd bring like the grand poobah or whoever it is. You know, guy comes with a special hat. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't. And they knock. And there's a grand poobah who can really bring it. And then he destroys all of his arguments, which are based on lies and people that change the word. Right there in, in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, is what your Bible says. If you have a, a, a new stupid, tra new world translation, it says uh, something like, uh, in the beginning was the word, the word is with God, the word was a God, the ego a me. They changed the Greek. They altered the scriptures to say that Jesus was not God, but was like a, a, a brother of Satan or whatever. I, I, it's crazy. No, that's Mormonism, that right? 808-555. <laughs> I don't have notes in front of me, but it's just very confusing. Anyway, he destroyed those guys too as they came, the Grand Poobah, and then they just put an X over his house. They have maps. They have maps. They visit. We visit with the truth. They visit with the lie. And they're so driven to do it. Because that's where they're going to try to get their salvation, to be a part of the 144. Not everybody's making it in. There's only 144,000 are going to make it into heaven. <laughs> Good luck with your works. <laughs> get away from me. I never, okay. <laughs> Pastor Karen is interceding right now somewhere. All right. You know what I want to do? <laughs> you thought I was getting back in the word, but I'm not going to for now. You know what I want to do? I'm going to bring in, how many of you would like that if I brought in an apologist? They're, 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 uh, uh, Tiff Shuttlesworth uh, is similar to that, but th these, are, these are scholars. Remember seeing this guy, his name is... Arnold Fruchtenbaum. Now, I must be in a vein of the Holy Ghost right now because there's no way for me to remember that. Arnold Fruchtenbaum. How many have heard of Arnold Fruchtenbaum? He was, uh, is he still alive? He might, somebody Google it. Pastor Vince. <laughs> Arnold Fruchtenbaum was this scholar. I mean, this Jewish believer scholar. And I went, I'm talking 35, 30, 32 years ago. I went and sat in this meeting and he blew our minds with theological truth, destroying cults and arguing the truth. Is he still alive? Dude, we should invite him. He's legit. 
How many of you would like that if we had somebody come in and do like an expose on Mormonism and then do an expose on Jehovah's Witnesses and do like a new age thing and do a Muslim thing and just argue some of that? They, that I'm, I'm not really wired up to do. I can do a little bit, but it's not, my, it's not really my wheelhouse. We'll, we'll let other professionals do it. I'm going to do that. We'll bring people in. And we'll have these lectures to help you grow in the things of God. I thought that Mormons were Christians. They don't even like you saying the Mormon church. They like saying, no, that, 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 it's not a church. It's, it's Mormonism. They like saying church, but it's not a church because their theology is so twisted. And we had a guy come in from, uh, that had been set free from the captivity of the Mormon church. And they believe, am I actually saying all this right now? They believe in, in uh, extra blood atonement. You heard me. <laughs> extra blood atonement uh, is that the blood of Jesus doesn't cover every sin. There's, there's a sin that needs to be atoned for that the blood of Jesus can't atone for. And what that is, is leaving the Mormon church. And literally the only thing that can atone for your blood if you leave the Mormon church, this is at, its high, at the highest levels, is your death. So they go and they kill you. Now this is, this is all in their theology. Satan and Jesus are brothers, they're celestial. You get, you get your own planet and you have celestial partners. Oh yeah, it's so bizarre. And he was the golden glasses guy too, wasn't he? Or is that the other cult? So, like in the 1800s, this, uh, the angel moron, this, oh, moroni, that's right. Lift your hands to heaven. Welcome to Kings. We're glad you're here. Wow. We better delete this one. Either that or broadcast it all over the world. It's all true. Everything I'm telling you is true. I mean, you know, I might have some error in there, but again, if you want clarity, call 808. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm going to finish the thought. And then by the grace of God, I'm going to finish my next 10 pages. <laughs> I got to get my iPad fixed. This is, this is dangerous. <laughs> so <laughs> I think he had, who, who knows about the golden glasses thing? And then I got that. Is that the Mormons, right? Okay. So the, the spirit, the angel, it's a spirit. It's a demon. I just tell you, he thought it was an angel. It was a demon. Had to be. Comes and hands him a special set of glasses. 
And you have to have those glasses to read these special, I don't know if it's tablets or scrolls, right? You, you want to be very, don't take anything from an angel that says it's an angel of moron. You don't want anything. Special glasses, special something to read. I don't know what it is. And the reason we don't know is because they no longer exist. Um, there's, ho- there's houses that are older than this religion, this false religion. We can go and see the prison in Rome that the Apostle Paul spent two years in. You can go there. You, you, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go see it. But you can't find some... Where are the glasses? I want to see the glasses. Oh, they're... No, you know what? They're the ramblings of a perverted... I'm just saying it. In my mind, this is my opinion. And if, if, you're, if you're a Mormon and you're listening to this right now, you just go study, you study your history. You look at it all and quit making excuses. I know they're nice. They're very kind. I know more some Mormons that are better Christians than Christians I know. No, really. They're not into coffee, which you ought to give an indication that something's wrong. can't find the glasses, but we have archaeological, archaeological evidence that brings us all the way back to the predating Christ. You have the Dead Sea Scrolls. You have all kinds of documents, all kinds of evidence, all kinds of proof, all kinds. And you can't find a pair of glasses that an angel gave you in the 1800s? There's glasses from the 1800s. They have them. Spectacles are called. All right. Settle down in the front row. All right, let's go, let's go, let, let, let's go. The early church believed in the power of God released through the Holy Spirit. Jesus in his, right in, right in the notes, in his humanity operated under the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's where I got on the, on the rant. He's fully God, fully man. Others don't believe that, but it's true. And it can be proven through scripture. He was the Christ, the anointed one. Many scriptures I could give you to show you what that means. The anointed one, I'll just say, in the Old Testament was, was for a king that would be a ruling king, would be called the anointed one. So he is, the, all of them were types and shadows, picture book, New Testament reality. He is the anointed one, the, the king of kings. He was conceived by the work of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. The Spirit descended on him in bodily, in bodily form and his baptism. Uh, as a dove, the Spirit came like a dove and his baptism. He had the Holy Spirit without limit. That comes from John 3 and 34. But the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, and God gives the Spirit without limit. You have the Spirit with limit, but most of you don't understand that there's a much greater limit than the one that you have or one that you're walking in, the one that I'm walking in. We can all go deeper. There is no toxic levels in the Holy Ghost. There, there, come on, there's no hangovers in the Holy Spirit. You can't have too much of him. He had the Spirit without limit. He operated in the power of the Spirit. Turn to Luke 5 as I try to land this jumbo jet. Luke 5 and 17 B, 
says they they came from every village of Galilee, from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. The power of the Lord. Jesus operated in the power of the Spirit. What do you think? The church should definitely be operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the giver of the Holy Spirit. John 20, we're moving, verse 22. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Luke 24 and 49 for note takers. The early followers of Jesus were filled with the Spirit. Now this is very, very important. There's five passages in the book of Acts that talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. While one is inferred. So there's four main passages. One is inferred about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. Acts chapter 2, upper room. Acts chapter 8, it's inferred. Some other miracle happened that, that um, uh, Philip didn't do. When they laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. Something else happened because he was doing all the other things. Praying in tongues. In Acts 9, a Cornelius household, Peter preaching. Holy Spirit falls on them. In Acts 10, the Gentiles. In Acts 19, Paul at Ephesus. These are all passages where people are baptized in the Spirit. Well, in Acts 4, they're rebaptized because they leaked. Like us, we all need to be freshly filled. It's so important to have the infilling of the Holy Spirit that the Apostle Paul in Acts 19 would say, Hey, How's it going? Awesome. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, have you guys received the Holy Spirit? What? We haven't heard. We haven't even heard there's a Holy Spirit. We've only been baptized into John's baptism. They didn't, they were not born again Christians, but they were right after that. And then he prayed for them. They would receive the Holy Spirit and they spoke in other tongues. Go look where Ephesus is. I mean, this good news of the gospel, so far reaching, no internet, no Come on, no YouTube, no Facebook, no streaming, no microphones. Word of mouth. You look in the book of Acts, some say that the, it's the Acts of the Apostles, but, but I like what my friend, Brother Rodney, says. It's really the Acts of the Holy Ghost. The hero of the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit. All right, how to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I thought you'd never ask. Seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit desire, seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've not been filled with the Spirit, don't stay like that. And don't make some theological argument and align yourself with well-meaning, powerless preachers that say that it's there's cessationists, that, that there's no more of that. I'm, honestly, when I get into arguments, I, it doesn't last long because I try and I, I start laughing. I, I'm like, he's just talking to the wrong guy. No, power of the Holy Ghost is real. Too many times. Healed, set free, joy, transformation, power, raise the dead, heal the sick, set the captives free. What do you do with that? What are you going to do with that? I'm praying tongues. I could pray in tongues the rest of the service. That's my prayer language. And there's message in tongues and gifts of the Spirit and on and on and on. And they say, well, they don't exist. No, they don't exist for you. And then you made a theological argument to... to uh, to back up your powerlessness. Don't do it. Don't make theological arguments. This is an awesome Wednesday night. Don't make theological arguments to uh, prop up your impotency. Powerless, that's what, that's what that means. Some of you guys need your minds renewed for God's sake. What's going on around here? 
Lift your hands to heaven. So if you don't have power, get honest about it and go after God. You say, well, how come he just doesn't give it to me right away? Because there's a lot of reasons for that. Maybe I should preach on that. There's delay. There's, there's a hunger he stirs within you. It's the same. I'm glad we didn't get our building right away. We'd no way near appreciate it. Not, not like I do now. I, I weep up and down the hallways. Look at it like, oh, <laughs> just walk around. Oh, God, you're amazing. Why is that? Because we scratched and pressed. You see, is it works? It's not works. But there's a, there's a waiting. There was 10 days between the ascension and the, and the upper room. Why? I think God was just making them hungry and desperate, desperation and hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. Seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Two, B, have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's hard to be sensitive with the Holy Spirit if you're not in communion with Him. It's hard to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit if you don't spend time with Him. Let me put it in a Gen Z term. You don't hang out with the Holy Spirit and you don't get to know Him. And all the Gen Zers said, right? Facts. Sorry, that's what they said. Facts. Try it, it's quite fun. Ready? Facts on three. One, two, three. Be sensitive to his presence and what he's doing. This is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Then be sensitive to his presence. Wheels are down. We're coming in on runway three. Learn how he operates. Oh, what do you mean by that? So, I'm, I've been walking with him a while. I'm, I'm learning all the time. And he's constantly drawing me into deeper waters with him. I had a phenomenal encounter with God just two days ago. Couldn't sleep. I'm still tired, actually, from that night. I couldn't sleep, so I was up at two-something. I found out my son was up at the same time, prayed for a while, went back to sleep, had a dream, vision kind of thing. And I woke up at three, and then I was just up at three. Up from three, all the way, praying for a few hours. God showing me everything that I needed to see that night. He showed me things about the project. He showed, he showed me things about leadership. He showed me strongholds in the community. He, he began to show me different things and drop faith drop hope in my heart in Israel, just different things he wants me to do in Israel and prophetic acts and different things. Just, I mean, it was just, you know, it's two and a half, it's like going to a two and a half hour movie of intercession and prayer and visions and dreams. And I, I'd fade out, I'd have a dream and I'd wake up. So by the time 5.30 rolled around, you know, it's time to get up for prayer. But, but I had a little bit of a time where I didn't quite have to get going yet. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna go for a run. So I got up out of bed. It was 27 degrees outside. And I went for a run. I put my headphones in. I began to worship God. And I, I ran. And as soon as I left my house, the Holy Ghost came on me. And I'm running with the Holy Spirit. He's talking to me. He's, he's, he's touching me. I was weeping. I was crying. He was showing me things. I was just so grateful. It was like this worship run thing. On my way back, he spoke to me about something that I've been praying for for a long time, since I've been saved. 
and he told me to pray a specific way. I had something come out of my mouth and just because we're broadcasted all over, I'm not gonna tell you what it is. So just, if it was private, just us, I'd tell you. Oh, let's mute. She told you you should have come to church. Mute us. Raise, give me a thumbs up and make sure we're muted, please. One of the ways that you know that the Holy Spirit is, is, is speaking is just unusual. Like, you, you, I wouldn't even have thought that. Like, Arnold Fruchtenbaum. Who can remember that guy's name? <laughs> Not me. So as I'm running, power all over me. That's an indication. Power. I'm weeping. I feel his presence. He's been talking to me. I, I've discerned his voice. And he says, nobody's going to know except the one that would need to. Call BB out. So I stopped in the middle of the road. I stopped in the middle of the road and said, come on, baby, come on, come, come on. I'll break you free right now. I, I'm gonna tell you, I felt like the earth shook. I'm expecting at any moment. I have had no contact, no phone calls. I've had no, nothing. I expect that to change very soon, very soon. Come on, somebody say amen. You, Power, signs and wonders and miracles. What are you believing for? Come on, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. But if you don't ever spend time with Him, you don't lean on Him, you don't rely on Him, you don't listen to Him when He tells you to stop. Which is the last point, obey. Obey. God's trying to bring you to a place, and that's all from the text that we looked at. God's trying to bring us to a place of obedience. Did you get something? What a service. Oh, my. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I'm going to invite you in just a moment to come. But before we do that, with every head bowed, every eye closed, the gospel, which I proclaimed and declared to you, I proclaim again very simply, you are separated from God. I was separated from God. You might be separated from God. If you've sinned, okay, so you have. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Gift. Gift you can't earn it. No matter how many doors you knock on, and by the way, we have a visitation campaign, but we're not saved by how many doors we visit. We're saved by the blood of Jesus. It's the only thing that can cleanse you and me from sin. Only, the only thing. And you receive the blood. The blood is washes away all of your sin when you believe on him and biblical belief is a, an act of repentance real godly sorrow where you say i'm sorry i'm sorry that i did that i i crucified you by my own sin lord forgive me i'm sorry that and you receive the free gift and in that moment the bible says that you're translated out of darkness into the kingdom of his son religion can't save you tradition can't save you your money can't save you. You can give all that you have to the poor, surrender your body to the flames, and you'll be utterly scorned. 
you must be forgiven. You must be born again. See, I've never heard that. Well, once again, welcome to Kings and welcome to the truth. You must be born again. And then God just doesn't write your name in the Lamb's book of life and just leave you alone. He's, you're here. Why? So that you can fulfill purpose and destiny. And you need the, it takes the power of God. As my wife says, it takes God to live for God. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to resist darkness, to resist sin. It takes the power of the Spirit to be an effective witness. It takes the power of the Holy Ghost. Signs and wonders. Stand up on your feet, won't you, all across this place. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, won't you do it tonight? Want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, that's me. I want to be born again. I want my sin forgiven. I want heaven to be my home. I don't want to be separated from God anymore. All across this place, if that's you, slip your hand up and do it right now. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. Hands going up all over. God bless you. God bless you, son. All the way in the back. I see that hand. Come on, go ahead. Lift your hand. That's why we're here. It's the greatest news. Respond. God bless you. God bless you. All the way in the back. My, my, my. People giving their hearts to Jesus tonight. All right. If you raised your hand or you didn't and you wanted to be included in this prayer, as soon as our beloved brother sings, you step out from where you are. There's others coming with you and meet me right here. We're going to all pray together. You're not joining a church. You're praying a prayer and being born again. You're giving your life to Christ publicly. Come on, come. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open. Yeah, go ahead. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the Come on, come. If you need to be up here, come right now. You're not as close to Jesus as you used to be. Back to God. Come on, come. The precious blood of Come right now. Oh, come to the altar. The altar. going to require a little bit of courage, but I know you can do it. Turn to the person on the right or the left of you and say, hey, do you want to go down? I'll go with you. Ready, set, go. And then come on down. Come on down. And if they're like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Then that's fine. And they don't mind you asking. All right, come on. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood. Come on, come. Jesus you moments Christ. more. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood. Oh, what a shame.
pray this prayer right out loud. And then we're gonna give opportunity for people to be filled with the Spirit. Repeat after me, say, Dear Heavenly Father. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna interrupt for a moment. I've said it before, but I feel very uh, pressed by the Spirit over the recent weeks to say that if you prayed that prayer and you have no change in your life, that is because you did not really connect a real act of repentance with the prayer that you prayed. You said, well, how do I do that? You, you ask God, you gotta repent. You, you ask God to help you. You're the one that crucified Jesus. You need to make it personal. You make it personal. You said, no, I did. yes, you did, your sin. Why were we yet sinners? Christ died for us. You have to see your shortcomings, your failure, your sin. You must see it for the wicked thing that it is. Listen, let me say this. Every bit of pain you've ever had in your life, all of it, you think about the most horrible thing that ever happened, the most horrible thing, it's all because of sin, all of it. All of your pain, all your agony, all of your sorrow, it is all rooted in sin. So you gotta ask God to forgive you and he will. And it's the only sin that he can't forgive you of is you not repenting. You denying Jesus is the one sin, there's only one. That's the one sin you can never be forgiven of. If you reject him, he cannot accept you. I mean, would you accept somebody that rejected you? And you're a man with all kinds of failures and flaws. He's God. This is your scriptural truth. Repent truly before him. Pray with me right out loud. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place. Forgive me for all of my lying, all of my cheating, my lust, greed, all of my sin. I'm sorry. Wash me now. Forgive me now, I pray. Come into my heart. Come into my life and make me new. Write my name in your book in heaven. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. Give me a hunger for your word, a hunger for the things of God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me for the purpose for which I was created. Free me from every curse, every bondage. Silence the voice of the enemy. Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit now. Amen. Lift your hands to heaven. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.